Dana Gray from Tower Grove on this week's For New Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen coming to you live on tape from Renew Missouri's palatial studios in Columbia, Missouri. Joining us on the boards from his secret undisclosed location in Kansas City is Philip Frasica. Hey, Philip. Hey, happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. <laughs> and we're also very happy to have uh, from St. Louis, uh, we have our friend Dana Gray. And I don't know if you uh, if you know Dana. Dana is the, um, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. You work with the uh, with Tower Grove Neighborhoods, right? I do. It's Tower Grove Neighborhoods Community Development Corporation, and we work in the neighborhoods surrounding Tower Grove Park, hence the name. Yeah. And you are the community outreach coordinator for them, correct? Correct. That is my title. Okay. And uh, so, you know, we, you and I have known each other, uh, gosh, close to four years, close to the amount of time I've been working at this group. Um, and that's about the amount of time that we've been you know, really working and significantly on energy efficiency policy. And so I guess, you know, I, I guess maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I mean, what? So before we get into like what we do to work together, what is it that your group does? What, what do you what is all your what is your mission and what are you what do you work on? We promote and improve quality of life by attracting public and private investment and real estate and other community services. So really our focus is on stabilizing housing in our uh, the three neighborhoods that we service. Um, it's with the, the energy efficiency advocacy work though that we are um, reaching out across the state. So yeah, cause I mean, right now where your specific organization the cdc works is i mean and you know for people who don't who might not be familiar that familiar with with st louis i mean you're um i mean you're kind of near like st louis university is that close uh st louis university is a little bit to the east of us um <laughs> we are in um the area that we focus our real estate development efforts is in the Shaw neighborhood, the Southwest Garden neighborhood, and Tower Grove South. Okay. Um, we are looking to expand potentially in the coming years um, to the South, potentially to the Bevo neighborhood and um, beyond. We're we're embarking on a strategic planning uh, endeavor. So. Okay. We'll, we'll be figuring that out with our community stakeholders and our board of directors as to where uh, it makes sense for us to expand our, our uh, real estate development efforts. And, yeah. and the focus is always on um, ensuring that we offer uh, affordable, healthy, professionally maintained properties for, for renters. Right. And so are you, and are you kind of in the, um, I mean, are you kind of in the process of, of working with existing buildings and rehabbing them? Is that your focus? Yes, that is our focus. Um, we, um, we do uh, mostly 
existing buildings, we tried to acquire four family buildings for our rental portfolio. And occasionally we will um, improve a single family building and then resell it for an owner occupant. Um, we are, uh, we have two projects that are in proposal uh, phase. One is for a, um, I believe 65 unit senior housing development in the Bevo neighborhood that would be a low income housing tax credit project. And then uh, most recently we have submitted a proposal to St. Louis City Community Development Administration for new construction of a, I believe, 10 unit apartment building. So again, those are two projects that would be new construction, but that's really pretty rare. Most of our development is focused on renovating um, the existing structures that are in our area. And does your organization own these? Do you just work with the owners? We, uh, the properties that are in our rental portfolio, we do own and we manage them in-house. My coworker, Kristen Nichols, is our asset manager. She's a superhero, in my opinion. Um, but uh, when we do a single family um, renovation, then we are selling those properties to I an see. owner occupant. Mm -hmm. and, and they're always uh, targeted to um, folks that they have to be uh, income eligible. So we're, we're trying to keep housing affordable. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, so you are, you're, you're talking about, you, you do have, um, you know, requirements for that. And how many, how many tenants, how many people are you, are you helping here with, with living? We have uh, just a little over 80 rental units in our portfolio. Uh-huh scattered across those three neighborhoods that I mentioned. Right. And I mean, you have a lot of app, I mean, you have to screen applicants. I mean, I imagine you have a lot of interest in this. Yes, we have a waiting list. Uh, they go really fast. And our agency uh, offers a tenant screening service called My Home Screen that mm -hmm. is um, partnered with Equifax and we're trying to redefine how people are screened and recommended for housing, being more sensitive to equity concerns. And the uh, service is also low income housing tax credit and uh, HUD housing and urban development compliant for yeah. agencies that need to comply with uh, those, those agencies regulations. Um, so another thing that we do that's pretty unique is that we coordinate a landlord and rehabber training series, mm -hmm. trying to stabilize our neighborhoods across the entire city uh, by educating property owners, rent, rental property owners, and people interested in rehabbing and redevelopment on best practices so that they're educated, informed, motivated, and uh, ready to embark on an investment property and manage it professionally, not just for increasing their wealth, which is important, 
but also for ensuring that they're a good steward to their tenants, to their community, uh, and and that everyone benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you you shared with me uh, before we went on here, um, and my audience will be thrilled to know I did a little bit of prep work for this. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I don't. Uh, like, for example, when I thought you were close to St. Louis University. I, uh, you, uh, you have here these fast facts from 2015 to 2019 where you screened over 10,000 people for a potential placement. That's yeah. a lot, isn't it? It is. We can offer tenant screening to landlords, property managers anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can offer that for both residential and commercial tenants. It's of no cost to the property owner or manager. There is a fee to the tenant applicant. Yeah. And for the tenant applicants, if they have um, issues in their uh, credit history that would uh, prevent them from receiving a recommendation for that application, then we refer them to a Prosperity Connection for one-on-one financial coaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've had a lot of success with that. I think in that that time span of five years, we referred over 220 um, applicants for that financial training. Uh, Another partnership that we have is with an organization called Mochify, where landlords and tenants can opt in to have rent recorded and to help build the credit score of those tenants so that they then can help uh, help them purchase a car or a home in the future. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, and so, and I'm, I'm just kind of looking here and I mean, you're, you're talking about like, I think on this, also on this fast facts, I mean, your, your average salary for these tenants uh, or their, yeah, their income is around for that four-year period, only around $25,000. I mean, that seems really, I mean, is that, is that, I mean, I don't know specifically what the citywide uh, income levels are for St. Louis, but I mean, you're, 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 you're providing housing for people who are not making very much money. Correct. Uh, we want to keep our, uh, our units affordable so people are not forced out and displaced from their neighborhoods. Uh, the, the neighborhoods around Tower Grove Park, there are great school options. There are plenty of opportunities for employment and for services. So it's a very desirable area. And we want to make sure that all people have access to, to good housing. So it's important that we're keeping our rental rates affordable. Great. And I, you know, and also on your, 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 the stuff you sent me, you, you've done, you know, this group has done an amazing job with some of these buildings. They look great. They just look really nice. Um, and I mean, so that kind of leads me to, you know, they, they look nice. That probably helps with the value of other properties in the neighborhood. Um, probably helps. I think you have some statistics here about uh, how uh, crime rates have been reduced as a result of some of these improvements. Um, so where does, where does energy efficiency fit into this with your group? 
Well, we see energy efficiency improvements as a way to um, just improve the building. It's a part of the um, maintenance of a building and um, it could be a part of uh, a greater rehab of a property. Um, in a lot of cases, when we first acquire a building, we're just doing selective rehab. We're not doing a full gut because we're really trying to um, manage our expenses so we can keep our rents low. But we are embarking on um, several energy efficiency projects acting as, I'll call it the guinea pig or the test pilot for uh, the utilities energy efficiency incentives. Mm. And we have sought uh, support um, through a grant opportunity with the US Bank Foundation. And we, are, we have completed one building's um, deep retrofit of uh, energy efficiency improvements. Uh, it was a roughly $31,000 project. Um, replacing uh, motors and HVAC systems, um, sealing all the cracks in the ductwork, uh, replacing old windows with Energy Star rated windows, replacing all the lighting um, with the LED lights, um, repa replacing um, shower and faucet aerators. So um, the tenants should be seeing greater comfort less drafts, better indoor air quality, and reduction in their utility bills. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, yeah, because when you're talking about people who are living on, you know, reduced incomes, when they're talking about an average uh, average income of $25,000 a year, those energy bills can really eat into that. Correct. And I've heard from uh, tenant rights advocates that oftentimes, the, uh, the housing that's available to them in their price range is very inefficient right. in, the, in their energy usage. And they have tremendous energy burdens. Uh, I've heard of situations where their energy costs are greater than their rent. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you talk about kind of working, you know, as, as a, I, I think you might've used the phrase guinea pig for the utilities now in where you're at, your, your, your serve, your, your, your buildings are serviced by Ameren for electricity and Inspire for gas. Um, and so those are, I mean, so let's, let's talk about Ameren a little bit. Um, Ameren, you know, we've talked a lot about this on this podcast. They have energy efficiency investment uh, incentives. Um, I mean, I mean, how do you, I mean, so are you taking advantage of some of those programs and some of those products they're offering? How coordinated are you with Ameren? I mean, you know, how kind of explain that process of how you're able to maximize the value there. Sure. Uh, the one project I can refer to that we have completed is uh, in um, the far southern portion of Tower Grove South on Bamberger is the name of the street. It's a four family building. Mm -hmm. uh, we reached out to Ameren on their uh, energy efficiency page. We signed up to have an energy assessment of the building. They sent out their uh, assessor 
Um, Mike Smigala is my contact's name there. Mm -hmm. And he went through each apartment, the basement, the exterior of the building. He takes extensive photographs, notes the condition and the age of everything, and then makes specific recommendations that I received then in a report um, with cost estimates for how much it's gonna um, cost to replace and install the new measures and what incentives Ameren can offer. For instance, that particular property, the total estimated cost was $31,000 for improving the energy efficiency in all four apartments of that building. And Ameren was going to offer uh, $11,000 in rebates. Wow. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's, it's great. We still had to come up with the additional 20,000, but being a not-for-profit, um, we were able to secure that grant that I mentioned from the U.S. Bank Foundation. Right. And that's a good example of, of, I think, you know, buildings you're working on. Are you, are you coaching or are you kind of guiding these other landlords who are getting education services from you about these programs as well? We have offered uh, educational workshops and brought in representatives from Ameren, from Spire, from energy auditors, um, from the weatherization service providers and uh, laid everything out as to what's available, how to apply for their programs, what the eligibility requirements are. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and we have been trying to do that now since COVID last year, we have not had any of those energy efficiency workshops, but right. I'm hoping that um, uh, we can start having them again. And, uh, and, and by the time that we're able to ramp up, I'll have more data to share because we have um, begun benchmarking our energy use. Mm -hmm. uh, so that means tracking the energy use in the buildings. And I'm measuring the energy use before the improvements and after the improvements. So I'm not just relying on the estimated impact, but we'll have actual data to show how much energy was saved. And um, hopefully there's real dollar savings then for our tenants. The tenants were expected collectively to save uh, approximately $1,500 to $1,600 um, in over one year's time. So uh, almost $400 per tenant, um, for someone, uh, you know, on a low income, that's, that's pretty significant. Yeah. How's your, uh, success been with Spire as far? I mean, I know like with energy efficiency, gas can be a little more limited, mm -hmm. but I mean, you're talking about older homes here. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about like some gas appliances, gas heaters. How, how's your experience been with them? Well, my point of contact is just one person um, and they, uh, they provide the um, incentives that um, are available from the gas company as well. Um, but I need to apply directly to Spire. So it's, they, they can point out what incentives are available, but um, I still need to go to the 
gas company to okay. um, request those incentives directly. Okay, so it's still pretty nascent, pretty early for all of that. Yes. Okay. I'm hoping they'll be more streamlined and the one contact we'll be able to uh, basically request the check from both utility companies. That would make it easier. Uh, well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's uh, that's an issue that I know we've worked on together, or at least um, our St. Louis office has worked on together is this idea that, okay, so Ameren's got energy efficiency programs, Spire has energy efficiency programs. Like, let's say you're in Columbia and the municipal utility here has energy efficiency programs, but Ameren Gas is the uh, investor-owned utility providing gas services here. But you got to work with both companies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have spent a lot of time, or it seems like we've spent a lot of time working on this concept of co-delivery. Okay, so this, right. has been a, this has been a bit of an impediment for, you, for like organizations like yourselves. In, in trying to get all that coordinated because you've, you've got to kind of deal with like two different bureaucracies. You've got to deal with two different entities. That's That's been a challenge for all of you. Um, it would be easier if it was just one point of contact. Uh, for most property owners there, um, they we need to make it easy for them. Right. You know, they don't have full-time staff just dedicated to chasing down <laughs> right. rebates. Yeah. You're, you're kind of, that's a, you're a pro at that. <laughs> um, but, but these other folks, regular customers who don't do this as a professional, it puts them at a disadvantage to really maximize their value, does it not? It, it could, it could be better. Um, and uh, part of what I do is try to offer feedback to the utilities energy efficiency teams so that they can continue to improve their programs. Um, I have just recently again provided some feedback to the um, Ameren landlord portal where you access the energy usage data for your rental properties and um, so I, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not the favorite part of my fun. job. <laughs> but I feel as though we should, we should get to a point where it's easy, where anybody could do it. Right. So you don't have to hire a consultant with, ex, you know, extended college degrees to figure this out. Right. Anybody should be able to do this. Yeah. So that everybody wants to pursue energy efficiency improvements. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, one of the things that we're always like you know, having to justify, because I mean, this is one of those situations where when we team up and we work on these energy efficiency dockets with the Public Service Commission, you know, one of the things that we're always like running into problems with is like regulators like the Public Service Commission staff or shareholder advocates like the, uh, the Office of Public Council will say like, well, we gave you this big budget a couple of years ago and you haven't spent all of it. What's going on? And I, I think that really gets to the heart of the issue of what you're talking about is, yes, it is too complicated for people. Yeah, we need to make it easier and we need to uh, continue to provide feedback to the utilities um, so that they can continue to improve their programs. Because in a lot of cases, 
um, things are being developed conceptually. Right. So, so we need more people like myself that own a, a few buildings doing these energy efficiency improvements, working with their energy efficiency representatives, and then providing feedback so that they understand how the process works. Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is in, a, in some ways like just a challenge of education and a challenge of outreach. And, you know, it is, I mean, we, we try to do what we can, but it is, it is hard because people are just trying to live their lives. They're trying to go to work. They're trying to you know, deal with their kids. Um, you know, they pay their bill. They kind of cuss it when they see it and they're like, oh, well, you know, my utility bill is high. So they don't have time to go research this stuff and figure it out. So it should be easy, but um, yeah. And so I kind of want to, I want to kind of go back to something you touched on because this is another thing that we've dealt with, with, with regulators in this past year is has your energy efficiency efforts or just your rehabilitation efforts been stymied by the COVID pandemic? There were uh, work delays on everything for probably six months, maybe a right. little more with COVID. Yeah. Um, just all property owners were trying to figure out how do you safely uh, do maintenance or repairs or uh, improvements on a building in an occupied property so that you're not exposing your contractor, your maintenance handy person, or the, the tenants. So um, we sought outside um, uh, consultation, trying to figure that out. And uh, the information that we got, we've shared with all of our landlords in our database. We have over 3,000 landlords in our database. And oh, we wow. share that across, across the board so that everyone has that same information and knows how to operate. And basically, um, we, we put most of the big projects on hold. Um, and if there was a smaller repair or something, then we asked the tenant to step out while the project was being completed. So they're not being exposed. The workers aren't being exposed. A lot of sanitizing is happening. Masks are being worn. Um, just now this week, we're having new uh, Energy Star windows replaced. And that's taking about a half a day for the install on the inside of the building um, yeah. per unit. So the tenants are stepping out and um, allowing that work to be done safely. Well, yeah. It's, it, I mean, and you just think about like how that's slow. I mean, especially with people being at home more. Right using more power at home. I mean, it is really, you know, serving as a challenge to helping them combat their bills. And, you know, one of the things that we worked on, uh, you know, we had a grant last year to work on the um, connection between energy efficiency and health. I know that you've, we've, we've worked on that with you because mm -hmm. it is, I think, you know, ultimately these things that we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, updating appliances, updating, uh, you know, doing weatherization can have an impact on, and does have an impact on indoor air quality. So it, right. it's not just like, oh, this is good for reducing bills. This is good for, you know, reducing carbon, uh, you know, consumption, but this is, this has got a lot of other benefits too. Right. That's the, um, the benefit of uh, improved indoor air quality 
and reducing um, contaminants that trigger asthma, mold, mildew, pollen, dust, things of that nature. So having improved HVAC equipment, sealing the cracks in a home, making sure that um, there's no uh, lead contamination or exposure, um, reducing mildew, mold, those sort of things, and um, making sure there's good windows. Right. So you're reducing drafts, um, those sort of things. They're, they have a big impact. And um, data has shown that um, uh, emergency room visits are reduced. Mm-hmm. Kids can be more productive and get better grades because they're not missing school as often. Parents right. can be more productive and have better income because they don't have to keep taking off of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's benefits that you don't immediately think of. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I, I think it's just, it's just one of those things where, yes, I mean, it seems like kind of a... You know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, and I know you look at the problems we face in the state, you look at the problems we face in St. Louis, there's a lot of problems. But to me, it seems like energy efficiency and this work we're doing, you know, can serve as a puzzle, a puzzle piece to sor- solving a larger problem. It's not the only solution, but it helps. Yes, it does. And we are, um, we being Tower Grove Neighborhood CDC and Renew Missouri, we are working in coalition with a whole slew of other agencies and um, municipal departments, health departments, Asthma and Allergy Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, Nurses for Newborns, Generate Health, the weatherization um, installers, um, energy efficiency advocates, Um, that's the healthy homes and energy efficiency coalition. And we are working together collectively to uh, establish an interagency referral system that is um, supported by an electronic uh, referral platform called One One, One Touch. One Touch. Thank you. I I know know it. Yeah, it's already <laughs> been in use in Kansas City. Yeah, Philip, this is your baby. We've talked about this. Yes, it's a very, very well-designed program. And I really think that should be the model everywhere in terms of spreading out care options for low-income communities. Right. Yeah. So that when uh, somebody from the Asthma and Allergy Foundation Uh, is called in for a home visit because uh, one of the um, occupants is suffering from asthma, Um, then they can be referred electronically for uh, remediation home of the mold problem or whatever are the triggers in that house. If it's um, water leaks, they could be referred for a home repair program or they could be referred for a weatherization program or lead remediation, whatever the triggers are, there's a universal intake form that will be shared across agencies so that the client can get services across the board that are needed in their particular situation rather than having to keep 
you know, driving across town to apply or spending hours filling out applications, um, applying for one program, then you can be referred to other programs for assistance. Right. Yeah, it's great. You know, I, I don't know. We, there's, 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 there's places in, in Illinois, just across the river from you, where you can prescribe energy efficiency, like doctors do that over there. I'd love to get us to the level where that's happening here, because I think, you know, especially for respiratory issues, yes, it does have an impact. Right. So it's, it's exciting that we're trying to bring all of these people together, because like sometimes I think one of the biggest challenges of the work we do is that we know that Ameren and Spire have these programs and, you know, there might be a social worker out there or healthcare provider out there who doesn't even think about this as being a solution to one of their patients. Um, I certainly something you and I think about a lot, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an education at a, like a much higher level than just talking to the public. Well, that's where that interagency referral system and the coalition is really beneficial because we're all educating each other on right. the various services that each agency offers and the uh, in, uh, assistance programs that are available and the eligibility requirements so that we understand how to refer the client for other services that they may need. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I know also uh, our group and your group have worked together just most recently on uh, the building energy performance standards in in St. Louis, BEPS. Yes. We've even co-authored a document, which I don't know where that is yet. I know that we've done it. I think it's done. Yes, Um, it's done. And I have been distributing it to everyone and anyone that I thought might be interested. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I mean, kind of explain a little bit about what that document is that we've that we've collaborated on. Sure. So building energy performance standards is an effort by the city of St. Louis to have our largest buildings 50,000 square feet or larger, reduce their greenhouse gas emissions, so that we are as a region Um, meeting the targets established by our collective municipalities. Um, The effort's called One STL. Yeah. Um, And so we're trying to reduce our regional greenhouse gas emissions. And this, um, these, these greenhouse gas reduction targets are also in alignment with the international Paris Accord. Right. So uh, the, the standards will set energy efficiency targets for these larger buildings across the city and uh, the um, building owners need to meet those targets and have four years to do so. Mm -hmm. The affordable housing uh, sector and um, places of worship, they have I think six years to meet the standards. Um, so they get a little more time because of the financing constraints that the uh, the affordable housing sector faces. Right. Well, it's 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 a pretty extraordinary uh, set of guidelines we have here. I mean, I, I noticed that um, in most improved cities on energy efficiency, St. Louis led the country. I know. Isn't that remarkable? It's great. 
It's great. I think it's in a large part due to your work, uh, Andrew and Tori's work there in St. Louis and our, our, our team there in St. Louis, all working together with one STL and all those other great uh, groups and lobbying the city and working with the board of aldermen. And it's very exciting. It is, it is. And uh, the um, opportunity to provide feedback on the building energy performance standards uh, is open until Sunday, April 3rd. And I oh. have uh, prepared some feedback for their board of directors so that, um, you know, what I'm, I'm telling them is we need to make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. That's the word of the day. Easy. Yes. Uh, we got to make this stuff simple. I mean, it, I think we spend so much time, or a lot of people spend so much time trying to make it seem complicated, make it seem inaccessible, but really isn't it's really uh just you know using less power making saving more money that's that should be easy that should be easy exactly be. right so if you want to learn more about your organization or about maybe getting involved with your landlord um uh you know uh, education work i mean how would they how would they find that information our website is towergrovecdc.org Mm -hmm. And uh, on the website, you can find information for landlords, um, the list of our uh, schedule of training sessions is posted there. We put out um, email announcements for um, anyone that's interested to participate. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to register in advance because we do offer these virtually on Zoom. Right. Um, so it's not just a drop in but you do have to register. Uh, so we um, have everything posted. I put it out on social media as well so that we're offering it out beyond our mailing list and our email list. Um, and uh, the, um, there's lots of information about our organization and our activities there as well. Are you on all the major social media platforms? Uh, I do Facebook and okay. I do Nextdoor. Oh, um, yeah. Yes, I, I've joined all the St. Louis City neighborhood Facebook groups okay. so that I can distribute the information. We actually, we co-deliver our uh, landlord and rehabber training program with um, North Newstead Association, which is a community development agency on the north side of St. Louis City and the Vacancy Collaborative, which is a um, coalition of individuals and organizations working to reduce vacancy and nuisance. Wow, great, mm -hmm. great. So a lot so to we, learn out there. Yes, and so we tap into their networks as well. Yeah, good. So a lot of ways to find you. Yes. But you're also out there finding people yourself. I'm trying. It's uh, I'm not as uh, active during COVID, but uh, right. I do what I can. Hopefully, we'll get back to normal soon. Yes. Well, Dana, it's been lovely talking to you. I'm glad we had you on here. I've been really wanting to focus a little bit on our energy efficiency work uh, with these podcasts we're doing. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, uh, to chat with us. Is there anything else you want to plug before we get, get you on, on your way? Yes. Uh, the last thing I wanted to plug is that report that we, we just mentioned briefly that Renew Missouri and Tower Grove Neighborhoods um, CDC produced. And it is 
um, about financing energy efficiency improvements. Yeah. Um, and it was targeted for affordable multifamily property owners, but really it would uh, be a relevant resource of information for any property owner across the state. Mm -hmm. um, because we focused on all of the financial resources available to um, help pay for energy efficiency improvements. And I know that that report is listed on your website. Yes, it is. We'll send that out with the email on this link uh, to this podcast as well. Well, Dana, thank you for the plug. Thank you for all you do. And uh, I want to thank all of you for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on all major social, uh, all major podcast platforms write a review, share on your social media platforms. And um, on behalf of Renew Missouri, on behalf of Tower Grove uh, Neighborhood CDC, I want to thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on the radio.